Welcome to Hats, Tats, and Stats Podcast, a championship-caliber Buffalo Pro Sports Talk Show. Hats, Tats, and Stats is part of the BICBP Radio Network. Check us out online at BICBP-radio.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Hats, Tats, and Stats Podcast, a championship-caliber Buffalo Pro Sports Talk Show. I am your host, EZD. Joining me, my main man, Bold Claim Ben, once again, uh, we missed an episode last week. Things got busy. The week got away from me, and all of a sudden I went, shit, it's Sunday. Uh, so we didn't do a week two episode. So this is our week three episode heading into the Bills uh, game this weekend. One and one. So you got me back to back, huh? I did. I did. You're the easy one to get right now. I know. <laughs> uh, Stat Dad's doing dad things. Uh, T-Wave's doing bar things. Uh, your brother's doing coach things. And I'm doing coach things, but I'm the one the burden falls on because it's my show. Like I, I'm the I'm I'm the ringleader of the circus. So, uh, yeah. Uh, first off, first and foremost, we have a lot to get through, and we're going to try not to keep you guys here very long. Uh, week one, bad Josh. Bad, bad Josh. Bad, bad Josh. Not good Josh. Ugly Josh. Year one, year two, Josh. Yeah, like hero ball rookie mistake, Josh. Un- uncouth, ungood. Uh, we need Josh to be more couth than that. Uh, and then he was. Last week, I mean, you want to talk about a, a turnaround. Offensive player of the week? Yeah, a guy who went from being widely panned by the league to the point like every group on Facebook People is... People were calling him Carson Wentz after week one. They're yeah. like, he's, this is the downfall. It's the Madden curse. Like, yep, it's over. It, it's over. Like, and I can't believe you guys paid him this much money. He's the next Carson Wentz. Done. Yeah, it's over. And it went as far as people saying, like, if Dak had that game, people would be calling for his job. And like, and there were people calling for Josh's job. There, there was a small, very wildly unrealistic sect of Bills Mafia saying, bench him. Bench Josh. I'm sorry. It, it was what? very small. I, I feel like the national attention was more on him not doing great. I think the rest of, like, Bills Mafia was, like, not thrilled with the performance. Uh, no, but, I like, mean, 90, per, 90% of them was like, okay. I've seen bad Josh before. Give him, give him a little bit. Yeah, let him breathe. And and realistically, like, yeah, for some reason the Jets defense does that to him. Yeah, I I don't know. Uh, I don't know why. I but, mean, we've had those games before in the past where we just can't do anything offensively. Right. Um, like I I think the thing that like I was looking at, and the thing that I always go to is well, it's Dorsey. Like, I would love to have a Dable back. But at the same time, we've had, like, really bad offensive games of Dorsey. It's just – it just happens at least once or twice a season. And and Dorsey's plan wasn't bad, right? Like, it – Yeah. You know, everyone – I don't ev- want to give him too much credit. I still don't like him. Well, I, everyone wants to point out the, the draw play in on second and 15 in overtime. Like, yeah, that's probably not a great spot for that. At the same time, if he rattles off 12 yards there, 15 yards there, the dude looks like a genius. The yeah. problem is, like, we ran that enough that a good defensive end, or sorry, a good defensive tackle, oh, no, I've seen this before, and just went right. Or like, just the entirety of the Jets' defensive line. I mean, we had this conversation they're uh, good, they're in a our good last group. episode. They're a good group. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it, it's incredibly interesting to see how that plays out every year. I'm hoping we have a, a plan for game two with them because right. it can't. And, and again, the plan wasn't bad. The, you know, you look at the plays that Josh made mistakes and the one, the first, the first interception, he could have ran for the run for the first down and gained 15 and yards and stepped even, out. Even the first interception, I wasn't too like mad about 
Like I, it was definitely that, that it, was a goddamn it, Josh. It, it, it was God, goddamn it, Josh. But it was also an arm punt where we had the right. ball at the four yard line, and then defensively we just let Brees Hall do whatever he wanted on that drive. But and that, that's something we're going to touch on real quick too. But like the first one again, could have just tucked it, got the first, lived to die another day. And that's where I start to question the how much are you harping on this dude not to do so? Like, hey, be smart. Don't put yourself in harm's way. Don't run the ball so damn much that in that moment he went, I could get the first, but they don't want me to put myself in harm's way. So I was like, so just fuck it. Diggs is out there. Yeah. Like other ones there. I've seen screenshots where it looks like guys are wide open, but like the screenshot of the dude being wide open is here's, you know, here's Dawson Knox and the picture ends the next yard behind him. Yeah. It's like, is he open? Sure. In that screenshot, it looks like it, but show me another angle that like shows how wide open he was. Because, I mean, I can take a picture yeah. on a football field with you at the edge of the thing and be like, look how wide open Ben is. And at the end of the day, like, <laughs> there could be four dudes bearing down on you. Yeah. So, I, um, I really think that I really think that we needed a warm-up game in that situation um, for the Jets because it just seems like, and that's what the preseason should be for. I feel like this year, whatever we did preseason-wise was just mismanaged a little bit because well, it seemed like – Offensively, we were we were a little bit slow out of the gate, and defensively, um, like talk about a turnaround as well. Um, my main man um, Bernard at linebacker had a hell of a week in week two, but he just kind of looked like he was a a young buck trying to get his feet wet in week one. See, and I I don't think he didn't look bad in week one. I think he was. I think he did just fine. You know what? I think he's playing well enough that it's freeing up Matt Milano to do more cool Matt Milano stuff. But, I like when Matt Milano does cool Matt Milano stuff. It's like, pretty nice. I mean, I look at the two, you know, I, I look at the two, the two long runs, right? The first one, him and Milano got, wa- got washed in trying to shoot gaps and kind of trying to shoot the same gap, mm-hmm. got stacked on each other, and that's what broke that one. And then the one, I mean, that, that run from the two-yard line, I mean, we had that stacked up. We had that stopped at the line, and Brees Hall was running into his own guy. All Trey White had to do was wrap. Yeah, Trey and White had a rough week one tackling because there was two times I can count where he missed a yep. missed a tackle that he needed to make. And that is one of the things that I think, especially when you're that like, if if you're if you're allowing your defensive ends to play more freely, and they get caught inside, right then your outside contain has to be the corner and linebacker. And in our nickel defense, it's the corner. Right. So if White is not making that tackle, oh, you're fucked. Yeah, now you, now you have an electric running back in space against a 32-year-old safety. Who Poyer does look oh, – he looked a little slow in week one. He looked a little bit better in week two. I think the whole – and that's what I was saying. I feel like we needed – to utilize our preseason a little bit better. Well, and the interesting part of that is when you look at, and I, I get player safety, like it doesn't matter, like, you know, use your preseason to warm guys up, but if you lose Poyer in the preseason, what was the point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like you look, I mean, we we ran our guys out there in game two against the Steelers, and we didn't, we didn't look good. Offense didn't look good. Defense didn't look good. Like, again, watched a long run that game too, and it just looks like, defensively, especially tackling in the open field, we look soft. 
Like we, we, it just it looks like we want to trip the guy up, not tackle. Yeah, him. And, if, that's, and that's if what it's separates not, other teams' defenses yeah, from ours. If Matt Milano is not making the tackle, then it's basically like, okay, we're tripping him. Yeah, and, I mean, and that's that's what Trey ran into on that long that long Brees Hall run. He went at him, like tried to wrap up around like on knee, and thought like, oh, I'm gonna get enough to to, to knock him down, and you rolled off him, and he went, oh look, I'm gonna instead of being stacked up and tackled, I'm gonna just bounce off this now and look there's a whole lot of not a lot of bills out here because again <laughs> again because we were stacking the box and stacking the line you know and that's the stuff that need to be cleaned up it looks like it was a little bit last week now is josh jacobs looking like you know he had the cheeseburger mcgetty curse hit him is he the same running back he was last year hasn't looked like it for two weeks uh, i think the whole NFL running back situation is interesting. Certainly, isn't it? did you hear about the rumor of them possibly faking injury to um, to, to garner position for pay? And yes, yeah. to, to basically be told like, "Oh my gosh, we actually mean something to this offense." Like we need right, that. yeah, no, and like obviously <laughs> that's wild. Obviously, Nick Chubb not faking it. No, <laughs> no, and. The crazy part about that one is it's the same knee that he I know. absolutely oh. flipped inside out in 2015 as well. Right. It looks almost identical to the same injury yeah, that he had in 2015. it's bad. Oh. I mean, and like, you do that once, you're lucky to come back and have the career he's had. You do it twice. I mean, Deshaun, again, Deshaun Watson losing his chub, I mean, like, that's that's yeah. a, a bad you, time. You, you, <laughs> can't, you can't even write that joke. It just, it just writes itself. <laughs> he just lost a chub. Um but yeah, I mean, so looking at all this, week one, it was flushed. Week two, we came out. Defense looked good. Um, frustrating that, you know, play one of the game, Ed Oliver looks like he shot out of a cannon, walks Van Rotten back into Jacobs, knocks him, and, and makes the tackle with Van Rotten's back. I looked that. awesome. Looked great. I love it when you tackle both the guard that, that, and that, was, that was the best part is he didn't tackle the guard. He just yeah. drove it like straight. Like, yeah. I don't know what you guys call it. We always called it tug of war. O-lineman, D-lineman, and you're just trying to drive the other guy back. Eddie O won the rep. Like, Jacobs got the ball and went, oh, look, there's Van Rotten's number. Hit him, fell, and Eddie O just tapped him on the foot. Got the, <laughs> and, got, and got the tackle for the loss. Awesome. Here for that. And then they just ding, 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 touchdown. And it just had the feeling, oh, here we fucking go again. Really? Right. And the rest of the game was a different story. It it was probably the most unexciting, like sitting here in the in in my gay garage, in my Sawyer Station man cave, watching the game. It was one of the most unexciting Bills wins I've ever watched. It it was just it was methodical. There was no huge like, oh fuck yeah, type plays. Milano's interception was awesome. You know the the crowd. I was having a great time. The crowd sounded like it was rocking, like <laughs> oh, it should yeah. be at it the was, Ralph. It was a great time. But I mean, it's it's just one of those things for me that like watching it at home. There was just, like there was no big splash. It was that, just a methodical. That first drive beat down. by the Raiders scared me a little bit again. But, but and agreed. And I I kind of just chalked that up to when I was at the game. Devontae Adams is gonna make plays because he's Devontae Adams, right? And there's a couple more times in the game where. It was like third and twelve or third and fifteen, and it was like, oh, Devontae Adams just wide open in the middle of the field, and he comes down with it, or he's making a sideline grab. Oh, Devontae Adams is gonna get his touches. <laughs> yeah, and the yeah, same thing. Like Diggs is gonna get his touches. Those guys are gonna touch the football because it's who they are. 
right? Yep. They're, but they're, they don't really have anybody else other than that. I mean, they the you know they they, they they lost Waller, who was a big time go to last year. Yeah, they got one catch for like Hooper. That yeah. was nice. And, and then like, I mean, Hunter Renfro hasn't even been targeted or maybe he got one i mean the biggest part of that game is that we had what like 34 or 35 minutes of possession yeah it was huge it was we had double the amount of possession that they had yeah i mean cool. it, the, like watching the, watching the second half i mean the bills come out they get points before the half then they come out and they grind an eight minute drive to start the second half yeah i was here for that one that was awesome and then all of a sudden three and out or no it was either three and out or it was the interception, one of the two. And then it was another seven minutes of possession. The Raiders touched the ball once. Yeah. Once in the third quarter, maybe twice. But that, that's yeah, disgusting. That's, that's awful for them. That's disgusting. I'm cool with that, though. <laughs> I'm not part. So, I mean, big, big turnaround across the board. Defense played well. You know, I think Josh had like, what, four incompletions? Yeah. I Seeing his uh, pass chart was beautiful. It was like. Five yards to fifteen yards sideline, a couple in the middle, yep. but nothing crazy, and yeah. that's and cool. And basically, what we did is if we you, if you need to be a checkdown hero, but you can actually do it to a superstar level, here for that. Well, and and that's <laughs> the thing is like when we had you know when we had our long running list of captain checkdowns, it's because it was literally they, a they were afraid to get hit. They couldn't they couldn't move the pocket. They were afraid to get hit in and the their pocket. Deep ball was just brutal. and they didn't have a deep ball. So it was literally, look, look, check down. Look, look, check down. Look, look, check down. Oh, look, so, so we gained four yards, and then we're, and we're out. So here's the thing. Now now we're going into Washington. they got to stop the check down. And if they don't stop the check down, all, and if they do stop the check down, all of a sudden, now we got the deep ball. Right. And it, it, I'm intrigued. Instead of, instead of forcing the deep ball. This is going to be, this is one of my intriguing thoughts for this coming game, right? Trap game. So not necessarily a trap game. I mean, can a team that's 2-0 and o be a trap? To a team that's one on one, that's a good point. Uh, Sam Howell doesn't look terrible. Um, kind of an interesting, interesting nod I saw today. The Commanders' offense. Now, granted, they haven't played anybody great. They played Arizona and they played Denver. They got right? some running backs. Well, Denver has a good defense. I'll, I'll give them that always. First off, is it Denver? Am I right? Is that who they played um, last week? Talk to me about the Washington Commies. It was the Broncos. The Broncos have a good defense. Uh, do they? The Broncos defense gave up 35 points last week. That's tough. The Broncos defense gave up 16 point or 17 points in a loss to the Raiders. I mean, I, just from last year, and I know you can't really take too so much from last year. I, they, I'm, I'm putting this out into the yeah. universe. The Denver has a good defense because of their history is no longer acceptable. They've been a like they've La- been a, last year they were they had a significantly good defense and the reason why last they were losing they, the was, last year they had last year they had an okay defense the year before they had an elite defense and those two years they didn't really have quarterback play like so last year that defense was a team that we talked about like the only thing your team is missing is a quarterback and they added Russell Wilson and we all went why do they suck they added a quarterback a, like a, in, feasibly a good quarterback and bad coaching. And not like so, we're two years removed from the holy shit. This team is just missing a quarterback style defense that they were playing. So again, they're good. They're not great. They're not elite. They're not top notch. They're okay. So you played probably the worst team in football this year, who's playing pretty well for the most part. I mean, looked like they were on the on the verge of a cowboy style blowout of the Giants until the second half. 
But again, the Giants went from 20 nothing to scoring almost 40 points and a half. So Joshua Dobbs, electric, question mark. So my, my whole thing here is they have a solid front four, dot, 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 on paper in Washington. Yeah, uh, that's, that's always been a thing. It happens if Chase Young is healthy or not. Yes. And so, he, when he is healthy, it is how healthy. <laughs> correct. Because uh, other than that, their D tackles are kind of scary. Yeah. I mean, again, it's a good defense. It's a good front it's, four. It's a. It's probably about the same, same defensive line that we're, we faced for, against the Jets. I mean, now so now the question is: Are they as well coached? No. So we're looking across no. the board. We got we got Sweat and Young on the outside, Jonathan Allen and Darren Payne in the middle. Yeah. Solid again. They, uh, solid. They front. got Riverboat Ron running running the calls there. Uh, we got Jamin Davis and Cody Barton. Up the uh, as the linebackers, sure. With Kendall Fuller, Benjamin Saint Juiced, Emmanuel Forbes, Carmen Curl, and Derek Forrest, the tackling machine. All I'm hearing is Fuller. Uh, again, in the it, like, and Fuller's solid. Yeah. But again, uh, like we we've proven one, you got to stop the run because we can run the football now. Apparently, and two, I I'm not scared of any DB that we have ever gone against. No, with Josh. With with Josh and Diggs, like and again, no even, matter. Even if you yeah. take your best guy and say he's going to shadow Diggs and try to take Diggs out of the game, Gabe Davis doesn't suck. Yeah, I I mean, in all reality, like even though we did lose to the Jets, Sauce Gardner allowed six catches. Right. I mean, okay, yeah. It's it's just one of those things where we are a tough offense to stop. The the only the the trick to this game for them is that front four disrupting our line. Who? Uh, Spencer Brown, I got, a little bit of a bounce-back game last week. I got week. a stat for you. I like stats. Stats are fun. Yeah, I mean, hey, that's the name of the show, right? So while while you're looking up that stat, the stat that I was going to talk about is the fact that uh, there's a former Kansas City Chiefs play caller kind of calling the shots in Washington right now because the story in Washington is not the defense. It is Scary Terry with Sam Howell Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson, Jahan Dotson and Curtis Samuel. Yeah, they got some weapons. They do, and they have a and they have a guy who is a big part of that Chiefs offense calling the shots. All right, I got the stat here. You want to hear about some boys? Yeah, playing some ball. Yeah, Osiris Torrance, week two, forty-two pass block snaps for him, one pressure allowed. Right. Let's go. Absolutely. Let's freaking go. I, uh, he played very well last week. And I I mean our boy our boy Spencer Brown had a tough assignment with Mad Max, who Mad Crush Max it. Mad Mad I mean did they give him a lot of help? Yeah. I mean there were a lot of chip blocks, a lot of a lot of a lot of assists. But yeah. listen, some like sometimes that's what you have to do. So yeah, and not the stats don't always basically say what's going on. Now he did, like like I said, Torrance got one pressure. But we were slinging the ball fast. Right. So defensive line stats are really not going to show up a lot in that. Or we were running the ball, so you're not really getting a lot of pass game stats in that regard. Right. But, I mean, 40, he got 42 pass block snaps. I, and again, I, It surprises I, me how much we were able to pass the ball even, with such a good run game. Even the, even the week before. Like Josh, people were all over, you know, our offensive line for from week one. 
Josh was the fifth least pressured quarterback in week one. He was the fifth most sacked. I think that also tells you just how good defensive lines are in the NFL right now. Yeah. And like I said, I mean, he he was that guy. He was the fifth least pressured. Yeah. It seems like he, the, the, fifth every- mo- the fifth most hit and the fifth most sacked. But, you know, so when they got pressure, it hit. Yeah, it seems like almost every team has that one stud because well, you need rusher because you need them at all times. I mean, that's that that's the name and, of the game. And right? currently right now, we're not going to get ours until minimum week five. But again, we're still putting pressure on teams. Yeah. Like, and, and that's the thing. I, we're, we're not even we're still not at full strength still. Nope. So I'm looking at this. If our if our line can hold up against that front four. Worst case scenario, we're in a shootout. I will take Josh Allen and the boys in a shootout over almost everybody. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Because at some point, our defense will make a play. At some point, someone on that team is going to make a play. I still don't. It's, I still think it's really hard to throw on our secondary. Yeah, because like, like they're smart. They're smart and they're well coached. They're vets, our, man. I, like they they, <laughs> they, they know what they've they're been. Doing. The, they've been the best safety. Like we've had the best safety tandem in the league for five years. And it's for a reason. Not to mention with White. Right. And Trey looks to be somewhat back to form here. If he wants to tackle. Like, yeah. He's also never been a strong. Yeah. Like, like, tackling has never overly been his strong point. Right. No. Like, he, he was a shutdown guy. He was a guy that, you know, he was going to lock down a side of the field for you. And, yep. you know, and, and we don't play the game where our top guy is going to follow. And Dane, so, Dane Jackson looks like a first round pick, you know? Of course. I mean, yeah. why wouldn't he? Right. I mean,. Uh, rip, rip Elam, but I'm I'm intrigued by that too. I mean, when Benford and Dane Jackson are just playing playing balls out. Yeah, I mean, it's is that is like is this, is this a testament to? And, and people are pissed off about it, right? Oh, we took Elam. We could have took. All right, listen. So if Bedford d- turns out to be the dude, just pretend the sw- the picks were swapped. Like, <laughs> yeah, just just I yeah. mean, the fact that we got a legitimate a legitimate. A legitimate starter. I, I think in the that's, sixth. I think that's one of my favorite things about being is our late round guys yeah. making an impact. Yeah. And we, you you said this last week and we've said it before, but the fact that we took Spencer Brown in what the third round? I I and, will and, say and, that and he's a third we... round project, or the fact that we took a free safety from Boston College in the fifth round and made him an All Pro linebacker named right. Matthias Milanois, who who is just <laughs> jacked out of his. Friggin' mind, <laughs> yeah. Like safety, it's, it's so. <laughs> That's it's, a safety. Well, it's a safety who's now been training to be a linebacker for five yeah. years, six years, whatever it is. But I'm like, it, it's so funny because you look at him next to the dude we have playing middle linebacker right now. He looks like a beanpole. He, he looks like baby Milano. He, yeah. yeah like he, get him he, on the, the same regiment. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're gonna have a good time. Up, up, up the protein. <laughs> yeah. Work your ass off. Let's let's hit the gym a little bit. Eat some iron. And uh, he made this. Uh, I love watching like good film on Twitter. Yeah. Because obviously there'll be highlights, but occasionally you'll see like a really nice highlight with like all uh, all twenty two. Yep. And he just made this one ridiculous play, Bernard, where he just went skirt skirt, see a guard, and just like bent down the line and made the tackle at the line of scrimmage. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I saw Let's one. Let's keep doing that. I saw one the other day where he basically like, he shrugged a block from a guard, stood up the fullback and it allowed like him and two other, like him, Poyer and 
maybe Epinesa, like all got an assisted tackle on it. Because like the play was made by him shucking the guard, like shedding a ta- shedding a block, standing up the fullback, and like it caused the running back to to hesitate. He went one way. And Epinesa got a hand on him. Poyer, like, Poyer hit him so, from the back as he was coming through the fullback. Like, so the other thing I definitely do want to say is, like, I do – I know a lot of people want to see more consistent starters on D-line, but I don't, we, we've never been that. No. And I, I really do like the, the D-line by committee style that we got rocking right now. Like, it seems like every single one of our guys on the D-line makes one play a game. Like, Epinesa got his play last game. Eddie O always gets one. Like, Groot always gets one. Leonard Floyd got in the Jets game. I, I'm, I'm hoping for a little bit more Leonard Floyd. That would be nice. But it, it seems like no matter who we got in there, we're going to get at least one or two plays from each of them. Yeah. And when we talk about, like, I, I've, and I've, I've talked about, I think I talked about this on an episode I did on my own. Our our D line rotation does great things when you're starting a guy like Shaq. When you roll a fresh Shaq Lawson out in the third or the fourth quarter, and the the O line is starting to wear. Yeah, that's when Shaq splashes. That's when you start seeing that's Shaq a, like, like cr- crash on a run block and make a play behind the line. Like, that's a Doug Whaley pick, wasn't it? Yes, it was. That's crazy. I know. I know who that left he, and came back. I, I know that he left and came back and everything, but like. The value that we got for Shaq Lawson, even though he has not been a stud, I think he was what second round pick for us. First or second, yeah. First or second. I know he was. I think he, he was hey, a second. Hey, he was no Adolphus Washington. Okay, that was a shit show. Uh, who, of a pick. who was? Who was the <laughs> other one? He's one of my favorite guys to pick on. He's another defensive end. Like it was a. I, I think it was a first round pick, and we were like, like the team before us pick somebody and we were like holy shit this dude fell to us and they went the bills pick aaron maben and like it was such a reach <laughs> like espn couldn't find highlight footage to roll <laughs> because they don't always do that in the later rounds because the picks kind of come quicker and they're like dude you don't really know that well and they're like who the fuck is aaron maben <laughs> um but no I, I i do like the value that we got for my main man Shaq. he just likes to be in buffalo and well and my he, favorite memory of Shaq is when he uh got Prime Leonard Fournette kicked out of the game because he threw a punch at him. Yeah, <laughs> like and he, so here's here's my thing when it comes to a guy like Shaq, he's a great depth guy. And again, yep. when when you're out there and you can have the nice catch, I thought so. Except I let him go, oh. fucker. Um, yeah, when you can roll him out there and a guy's tired because he's been going taking reps against like a guy like Groot, guys like Epinesa, guy you know once Vaughn comes back, a guy like Vaughn, like you know. When when they're running reps against those guys, and then you roll a fresh Shaq against them, Shaq can do things. Back then, Shaq was supposed to be one of the guys, and he's yeah, starting. Yeah, he was, he and was he's supposed to be a, 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 three, four, a, a three, four down guy, but yeah, now he's a, hey, we'll put him in for we'll, a, a we'll drive. Run a, we'll run a, a drive, a couple snaps, like we'll yeah. roll guys. And But the, the other side of that sword, you know, people like, oh... Oliver never turned out to be. Epinesa hasn't turned out to be. Groot hasn't turned yeah, out to well, be. Well, everyone was expecting Ed Oliver to be the next Aaron Donald. And there's only one Aaron there's Donald. There's only one Aaron Donald. But, my, so my point behind this whole thing is, there's sometimes I start to wonder if the rotation doesn't cost us on the development side. You know damn well you can run 
all the practice drills you want. You can run all the sim games you want in against your own squad. Mm-hmm. Live game reps against a dude who's legitimately trying to murder you are hard to replicate. Yep. To the point that the only way you could replicate a game rep is in a game. So, by like guys are if if, if the if the we'll call the the lion's share of our D line snaps is a dude getting forty two percent, and other guys picked in the same spot or in the same role are getting sixty to eighty percent. Who's going to develop faster? The guy's getting more reps. Yep. So are we stunting some development on that? I think that's a really good point. I, mean, I, I think I think that that can definitely be agreed upon. Um, like at I the same I time, I don't know if it's a, if it's something to be agreed upon or if it's yeah, just just a, like I, something to I, consider. I think the other thing is like because we did just talk about Shaq and like I'll, I'll look at uh, Jordan Phillips or even like Puna Ford coming in. Guys do want to play for our defensive line, so like I mean you. If you're an NFL defensive lineman and you see the Bills, obviously there's multiple reasons why you would want to come here, Josh and other guys included, maybe playing some winning football. But, like, in the back of your mind, you have to know about the defensive line rotation. Like It's not a secret. And, yeah. It, like, for some guys that might be good, it's like, hey, I know I'm going to get some playing time where I might not got – I might not get playing time somewhere else, but if you're that guy, you're no you're you're gonna get a little bit of a cut in playing time. I mean, but like at the same time, Von Miller talked about yeah, it. Yeah, but hey, man, we still got people coming. Like, like Von Miller, they they they, yeah. they specifically asked Von about that when his like when he was first came to Buffalo before he had played a snap for us, and they were like, you know, you're going to a team that you know runs a heavy rotation on the D line. Like, what are you like? What are your thoughts on stepping into like you were a three to three to four down guy? your entire career, what do you think about coming to a place that rolls guys through and does a rotation? His answer was, I'm going to assume that as long as I'm still who I am, I'm going like I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be on the field when it matters. But if the coach like but if coach says like, hey, we're rolling personnel, then we're rolling personnel. My assumption is I'm going to be a guy on the field when it matters. So yeah, like people that's that's my biggest thing is that like even though we do have that rotation like like I said it's got to be in the back of a lot of these guys minds. People still want to play for our defensive line. Right. And again, you look So at- it, it may stunt a little bit of development and I I think I can agree to you on that point because I mean, I feel like I've seen it like Epinesa was a second round pick and I feel like people put a little bit more pressure on him cuz he was our first pick of that draft. Right. Um, and I think a lot of people put a little bit more pressure on all of our draftees just because we went two to three years where we were just drafting defensive line. Correct. And now and, we're and like, we just traded one. Yeah. Now we're like, hey, we need you guys to step up. But and and basically what I'm trying to come back to is, I feel like these guys have stepped up, and they're making the one and two plays a game. We don't need them to be T.J. Watts, Aaron Donald. That, we who, we, we who, got guys if, on if rotation. They're, if they're not making yeah. the play, who is type thing? Yep. I mean, I agree. And like I said, I, do I want to give up the? Do I want to give up the the depth for guys to play more and be better? I don't know. Six to one, half dozen the other. I think. I, so, I, so, it's, and it's just to me, it's just a different philosophy. So that's if a I'm, thing. If I'm sending a defensive end out to go, like I mean, we, and we talk like I, I was talking about this yesterday at, at work, you know. Von Miller, they, oh, they kept calling him the closer, the closer, the closer. In the first few weeks of the of the, of the year, 
oh, they just need that one guy to come in and make a play. Fon makes a play, yep. right? So they started, they started this closer thing. Like, he's going to close the game for you. You know, when you need that dude to make that play, he's that guy. Okay, do I want that guy trying to make a play after playing 80% of the snaps and being exhausted? Or, you know what sounds really fun? I can roll a f- pretty fresh Von Miller who works his ass off to play 80%, but if he's only around 50 and that offensive tackle's played every offensive snap, guess who's probably got the advantage here? So, yeah, so I got, I got a couple things to say. Um, the, one, the one is when I was at Alfred, um, I think it was, was my junior year, we had this guy named Rodney Bailey. We called him Showtime Rodney Bailey. And my junior year... Um, he was basically asked to sit for a majority of the game. Now, this guy was a th- three-year starter. He was a senior. Like, he was a g- fantastic player. Right. And basically what it came down to was, hey, like, you're just not that great at stopping the run. Like, you are our pass rush guy. He single-handedly won us three games because he got the sack at the end of the game. Right. Guess who was the MVP of the team at the end of the season? That guy. That guy. And he did not play a very big percent of the plays on defense because he just got put out there to go get the QB. Yeah. And, I mean, as an offensive lineman, you know, you know what sucked? When they rolled a dude who was a tough-nosed, hard-nosed player who was fresh. Fast, fast as hell. Who's, who's fast, <laughs> yeah. like just fast, strong, and a hard-nosed player. When they rolled that dude out, in the fourth, when I'm, you know, when you're when you're on your, I don't know, fiftieth snap of the game, and the, and the game's on the line, all of a sudden, yeah. like, oh, here comes homeboy who runs a, you know, who runs a five four, built like a shit house, and is fresh, yep. awesome. So, so the other thing that I wanted to say was, um, to kind of go off of your point a little bit before what I just said, um, look at San Francisco when you don't have the depth behind your elite pass rushers, a.k.a. Nick Bosa. Who hasn't looked great this year? As, as soon as Nick Bosa gets hurt, San Fran does not look good. They definitely take a big step back. I mean, their, their linebacking defensively, force is legitimate. Yeah, defensively, like they're not as solid as they usually are. Well, when you have you, Nick Bosa and you win games, but when you don't have the depth to support him when he gets hurt, especially a guy who gets a significant amount of playing time. I mean, I crap, TJ Watt is the same way. Like he's a very injury prone guy and he'll play 12, 14 games because he'll be out of a couple and he'll still break freaking sack records. Right. I mean, so my, the the th- like a guy like a guy like Bosa, right? He's that guy that he you have to pay attention to where he is. You have to. And what he does, even if he's not the guy making plays, it makes you, like, you have still have to focus on him enough that it allows the other guys to do so. He is. And it's the same issue we ran into when Vaughn got hurt last year. Yeah. When Vaughn was in, Groot was making plays. Boogie was making, making plays. Eddie was making plays. Vaughn went down, and all of a sudden, we're not getting the pressure because the it, it's easier on the offense when we can help in other places. Like, if, if, if Vaughn's the dude we have to pay attention to and it makes three other guys better, you take him off. The guy coming in probably is a guy that I can handle on my own on the edge. (laughs) So the other three get the other four guys' attention, right? Just makes it that much easier. Single-handedly, not single-handedly, I just want to, like, say also, side note, um, Nick Bosa is 
the most fundamentally sound defensive lineman in the game, probably other than uh, Aaron Donald. Like we, when we watch um, film, just to like go over technique. Yeah, we are watching Nick Bosa film, for sure. Because his hands, his footwork, is just absolutely re- so fundamentally sound and ridiculous. It's like, hey, look at him do the cross chop. Look at the way he places his hands. Look at where his feet are pointed. It's so what perfect. Is, what is his up and over move look like? His it's uh, I'm I'm being sarcastic because yeah. <laughs> it's called a swim move. Yes, uh, but that that was one of the other uh, one of the other Buffalo media outlets posted a video of him and like, oh look at Vaughn with his great up and over move, and I'm like, it's, it's called a over. fucking swim move, you fucking loser. But he's all, when we watch um, Ghost Rushes, that's when we'll we'll put on some Vaughn tape. Yeah, no, I the the thing about the uh, the thing about superstars. And I'm sure you could probably say the same thing about a lot of these guys. Like, they're, most of your top-end superstars do the little things at an elite level. It's not because they make, like, you know, the, the spin move that Crosby put on Spencer Brown last week was really fun to watch. But, one, he didn't end up making the play. Yep. And, and two, he can pull moves like that. But those moves don't always equate. But when you do the little things really, really, really well, like your technique, like your hand fighting, like your footwork, and you're athletically gifted, it makes it just so much harder well, to and, beat you. Yeah, and that's the thing with Nick Bosa is he has so many like plays in his arsenal, that, and he's so fundamentally good at all of them that when he goes up against a tackle in an everyday play, he's just reading the, the tackle. Yeah. And he... He has so many things he can do just based off the littlest, like, millimeter crap. Yeah. Oh, his head is this way. His head's that way. His hip is going this way. Well, you lost. Yeah. We're, I mean, there's, <laughs> there, there, there's guys You're who, lost. and you know, you've played with them. I've played against them. You know, the guy that has that, we need to make a play. Here's my move. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm a push-pull guy. I'm a bull rush guy. When I, I like need to get in. You know, when I need to get in, I'm coming hard. I'm I'm pulling a bull rush. And, like, when I know that, like, hey, when this dude buries people, it's a bull rush. Here we go. I'm just going to catch you, bud. (laughs) I just just like to chop because usually most people see me and they're like, oh, I got to go low because he's short. And then they, like, put all of their weight into me and I'll just chop their hands. Right. That's... I, I've always and, and we're getting way off topic here, but I I've always enjoyed like, like the, a Deion Dawkins. You know, I I enjoy yeah, Mister <laughs> Lean Mister Lean and Grab. You already know. Um, I, I've always liked the like the chess match between two guys. You know, like I, you know, hit my kick step, throw the hand out, and like I throw that hand out as a guide, right? So I throw that hand out as like a, I'm going to use this if you're coming hard. I'm going to use it to get back with you. But, like, I also feel when you start to come across my face, I start to feel when you start to spin. And a good a good defensive player will realize that after the first snap or two, and all of a sudden I get the hard chop. Yep, you, you get caught. Yeah. I'm like, okay. And, like, I, I had the one dude give me the hard chop, and he, I mean, felt like he was trying to dislocate my arm. <laughs> so the next play, I was like, all right, here we go. I actually gave it to him again, expecting the chop. And as soon as I put the arm out there, he hit, like, I kind of, like, loosened my arm, took the chop, 
stepped into him and get, got him with the other arm yeah, right in the like, armpit. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, and then it's, I'm like, it's a boxing match. Yeah, and then I went. I mean, okay. you're, you're the one who does the MMA. Like, how and how much does that actually equate? Yep, just staring at the triangle, right? Yeah, you can see everything he's doing just by soft focus on the triangle. Uh, but the, like the fourth, so the fourth snap. So I got him. I got him once on the step with the, just the arm. He he hit me with the chop. I let him chop me so I could step in and come across. And my last one, I ended up punching him right in the face, <laughs> like com- like com- like intentionally, but not a, like I didn't wind yeah. up and deck the dude. I took my kick step. I feigned the arm. He came with two hands over the top, and there was just no arm there. So he was out in front over his face, and I shot the arm back out, just washed his face, and walked over him. And I'm like, "Sorry, man." <laughs> yeah, it's football. Yeah, and, and like that's just what it is. But like that, like those things are fun. Like, and that—that's the stuff in in sports as a whole. Yeah, I know that's we went the, off topic, but this this conversation is what I love. I love some offensive line, defensive line. Well, and like talk. Th- this is the stuff <laughs> to get way off topic. This is the stuff I love about coaching baseball. Right, like, because there's so much, so yeah. much of a chess match and calling pitches, hitting, like, it's it's little stuff that I feel like that we, the knowledge that we have, does set us a little bit apart from other people just kind of talking about sports. Correct, which is why <laughs> this podcast has had a ton of listeners for a long time. Um, Thanks, by the way. Yeah, shout out to all the hats, tats, and statters out there. Um, so back to back Stat- to the bills. Back, back to the Bills. Yeah. <laughs> give me, give me your prediction. Give me your player to watch, and give me your X factor. All right, so I got 30, 34-24. Yeah, Bills. Um, player to watch. Give me a big play by my boy Micah Hyde. Ooh, he's he's been injured. You know, coming off. He had a decent couple two games. I'm expecting like a really big fourth quarter pick. Um, X factor. I mean, this is a little bit like cliche, but like our X factor is Josh. If he's gonna play good or not. <laughs> yeah. And that that's the extent of it. And that's the extent of I feel like every game we play in is no matter who we play. How is Josh going to play? Yeah. I mean, that's Josh is forever the X factor on this team. Because if, if Josh has a good game against the Jets like he did last week, we win that game. Yeah. Yeah, if Josh comes out and turns the ball over four times, we're in trouble. Yep. If Josh protects the football, we're going to be fine. Um, I'm, going, I'm going a different road here. I think the... Commander's offense has gotten lucky with playing teams that aren't very sound defensively. And our defense under Leslie Frazier had a really cool habit of making young and inexperienced quarterbacks look good, look bad. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're talking about a, a defensive scheme that at one point made a, made a quarterback say, I was seeing ghosts, <laughs> right? So, and now our defense is being called under the mastermind of that plan. Um, I'm on board. I love every second of it. And I am all for our defense making that offense look pedestrian. I'm going like, I'm going 42 to 10. Oh. Yeah. Give give him nine. Give him three field goals. No, they're, they're, <laughs> they're, they're, they're so here. And here's my other theory. 
13. Here's here's my other theory. This is one of those ones for me where I be- and and this is what I believe the the Raiders did to us a little bit. I I wholeheartedly believe that a lot of offensive minded coaches script their first drive. They spend all yeah, week they, they spend all week watching tape learning tendencies, seeing like, hey, this is what this defense does early in drives every single fucking time. We're going to call these plays. We're going to set this drive, and this drive we, is going to be we, successful. We do the same thing, except it's a little harder to script when you get to third and long and second and long. Correct. It's also hard to script beyond, like, beyond drive one. Yep. And that's, I think, when all of a sudden our defense starts looking a little bit different, making adjustments to what you think we're going to do, and that's when... Even good offensive teams start to go, fuck. I mean, we saw it a little bit with Rodgers. Long run, all of a sudden, like, this it, this doesn't look like what I thought it was going to look like. Shit. Hold the ball. Sack. R.I.P. his Achilles. Yeah. Which, the fact that he claims there's some revolutionary medical procedure that's going to have him back for playoffs from that is absolutely insane. Yeah. That dude needs to put down try the to magic get to the playoffs first. That dude needs to put down the magic mushrooms. That's all I'm saying. He needs to. They need to make the playoffs first. I don't, and I don't think they do that with Zach Wilson. No, and I, I don't think they didn't last year. No, and I, I don't think they're going to. <laughs> I, because boy, it, did I love watching Zach Wilson play football when we were playing. I know we lost that game, yeah. but I loved when he was it, playing. <laughs> that game plan almost looked just a just a sea hair better than the. Brock Purdy with no UCL offensive game plan. Just run it. Yeah. Just run it. And there's already starting to be some dissension in that locker room because I don't know if what, I don't know if you saw, no, I saw but that. Brees Hall has been in his bag about the whole we lost because I only touched the football four times. Which I'm Zeke did that too. There's there's probably something to that. There is some truth to that. Yeah, like that dude is electric with the football. And, and Zach he, and he Wilson's playing quarterback. Yes. Um, but you got Dalvin Cook running the ball a ton. Right. And I'm pretty sure Michael Carter got more carries than Yeah. Again, I dude, dude has every right to be pissed He's, off. He should be RB one. <clears throat> he I mean, for all intent and purpose, he is. I mean you're you're gonna give more carries to to the dude who got there three weeks ago as opposed to the dude who right, like, like I mean and again I, I as, like I like as, Dalvin Cook as much as the next absolutely, guy. Absolutely. Like, absolutely. Come on. But uh, Brees Hall is electric. He's electric with the football in his hands. He barely touched the ball against us. He got, what, four carries with us, but he just had 85 yards rushing because he broke one. He broke more than one. Did yeah. he have two long runs that game? I think he had two long runs, but I'm pretty sure he only had, like, five carries. Well. Hey, hat stats and stats. Let's get some stats on this one. I've got the interweb machine in front of me. We love the interwebs. I was on the interwebs once. Were you a MySpace guy? I was a MySpace guy. <laughs> and Ben, I have I have news for you, buddy. You would have been in my top eight. Brees Hall, 10 carries for 127. Dalvin Cook, 13 for 33. Uh, say that one again. Uh, 10 carries for 10 127. Carries. Okay. Uh, but again, Dalvin Cook outrushed him. Okay, but or still. Had, had more touches, 13 how, for 33. How does he only have 10 carries? Because you gave 13 to, the, to, yeah. to, to Dalvin Cook. At some point, at some point, you have to start asking questions. So Dalvin Cook, again, 13 carries for 33 yards in game one. And then let's see what he had in game two. Oops. 
the second game, if you will. Only four for seven. So, I mean, th- this, is, this is a rough stat line for their rushing against, against the Cowboys. Uh, Zach Wilson, five for 36. Brees Hall, four for nine. He averaged 2.2 yards a carry. Michael Carter, two for eight. Delvin Cook, four for seven. He averaged 1.8. Ugh. So your top two running backs were eight for 16, averaging about two yards a carry. Uh, exa- averaging exactly two yards a carry. My bad. Also, I'm all here for the Cowboys are elite just so they can get absolutely washed in the first round of the playoffs. I'm intrigued to see what, <laughs> like, I mean, obviously. the I'm, I'm all, They are the Toronto Maple Leafs of the NFL. I mean, obviously the Giants weren't ready for them. <laughs> I don't think they were. Uh, shout out to, and, and it still hasn't been proven, I don't think, whether or not Dable took over playing, calling plays for on, on offense for the comeback. I heard he did, but then, like, people were saying, like, oh, we have, like, we're kind of watching him, and, like, it doesn't really look like he's calling plays. So we'll see. I don't know. Uh, Maybe round two with them is a little bit more of a shootout. But, again, they weren't ready. And then they played a Jets team that that offense just can't get out of its its own way, apparently. Because, again, you shut down the run and said, you're going to have to throw the football. And they couldn't because it's Zach Wilson. Um, But the Cowboys... That I, is, the Cowboys are quite literally the Maple Leafs. They always have a stacked roster, and they always lose in the first round of the playoffs, and it always brings a smile to my face. Except for last year. The Leafs won a freaking series. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Which it sucks, because now they have a more recent playoff series win than us. Um, it because I, I, I liked to hold that over their heads for a long time. I, I think the first <laughs> time we're going to see a little bit of a test for the Cowboys is going to be next week when they play the Patriots. Which we'll, we'll be watching from Cooperstown. Um, they're playing the Cardinals. The Patriots are just playing people tough. I, you can look at me funny all you want. They're playing. They played the Eagles tough. They played the the Dolphins tough. I mean, they're they're just playing teams tough. I don't think they're good. I don't think. But they're I, good either. I I think that'll be the. I mean, they're playing the Cardinals this week. The Cardinals think, aren't going to test the Cowboys. I think it was more of the Eagles needed that warm up game too, and they just weren't ready. They need a little bit of a wake up. Yeah, uh, and that but, being but, but said, my, the Eagles, my, my, po- my point is, Eagles have been having a rough first two weeks. Week too. one, Eagles, they got Eagles, two wins. Though. Eagles haven't looked good. Got two wins, but they haven't looked good. And then the Giants. Sorry, they didn't play the Eagles. The, so the Cowboys, sorry, so the Cowboys played the Giants, who didn't look good. And then they played the Jets, who can't get out of their own way offensively. Now they're playing the Cardinals. That's not a test. No. So the the closest thing they're going to come to a test is the Cowboys. That's or the. The Patriots. That's my Patriots. point. Okay. Then they're playing the Niners. That's where, when we're going to find out who the who the Cowboys are. Yeah, and we'll go from that because then like Chargers, Rams, Eagles. It's a tough. It's a tough four week run. I love the Chargers, man. I hate the Chargers, and I, 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 I want them to be so good, but they're not. They are great for fantasy, man. I have like a bunch of fantasy leagues with the men. Now I know they get injured a bunch, but they always get so many fantasy points, and it doesn't matter if they win or lose. Yeah. They always put up fantasy points. Yeah, because they're it's fantastic. because they're always in dogfights. Because because a, <laughs> a defense that has Khalil Mack and one of the Bosa's on it can't close out a game. And Derwin James, like just can't close out a game. Period. JC Jackson, they make Tua like, oh Tua, what do you say to the haters that say you can't throw long? Four hundred and sixty-six yards. That's what I say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tua looked good, man. He looked he looked really he, good. He made he made a couple throws that you're like okay. He can make those throws sometimes. The that, problem, w- that one throw on the to run. Tyreek was pretty damn elite. 
I mean, yeah, the one he stepped up on the run and, and yeah, threw it. Yeah, that was beautiful. It was. And again, it was a 20-yard throw. Maybe you know how it was many, between 20 and 30. You know how many people underthrow or overthrow Tyreek Hill, though? Like, that is... Like, no, nobody nobody right, overthrows Right him. in the bread... Nobody oh, overthrows yeah, That's him. a good point. Um, that's just right in the bread basket. Ugh. Again, I, I'm not taking that up. It was a great throw. Yeah. But it is not a throw he makes consistently. Right. That's my point. Yeah. Like, okay, and the, that's fair. The, the, the game winner to beat him... That's like that's a, that's not. Oh my God! He threaded the needle. He. he I'll still I'll still agree with you on uh, hating Mike McDaniel's, but yeah, he's a he's a tool too. I I mean he's still a fucking nerd. I need to pull that audio. <laughs> um, but no. So again, my whole point on this. Stop fucking interrupting me. We got to we got to wrap up. Okay. Um, <laughs> like that was a, that was a great throw. That was a dot, and it was absolute dot. I will not take that away from Tua. I think he makes that throw three out of ten times, where your elite quarterbacks make it seven out of ten times. The, the game winner to Tyreek, that was not, I meant to put it over his shoulder next to the, like, to the D-back's head. Realistically, that's a poor play by J.C. Jackson. Like, that, that ball, if you turn your head to look back, it hits you in the face. There was no, no attempt to even look back. That's not a good throw. That's just luck. That's puck luck right there to me. 400, 466 yards. Says otherwise. Tyreek had 200 and change. And we know Tyreek didn't burn people deep all day. Tyreek caught balls and turned up and yacked it. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) That's that's my entire point. uh, Tua looked far more pedestrian last week against the Patriots. So... And, and that's like the, the Chargers. Well, the, the Chargers beat the Dolphins last year. Know. They know what they do. They know it's a short passing game and let the dudes run. That's a Cooperstown game, by the way. We, and they, we got some I'm dolls. well aware. Yeah. And uh, like, all of a sudden, it looked like Leslie Frazier's calling that defense. We're going to play a deep shell, deep cover two. We're going to leave the middle of the field open for fucking why? We watched that in 13 seconds. We watched it like how many times do you have to watch this dude run a drag or a, a slant, catch it and go for teams to just. Play tighter to the line. And McDaniel does a good job pre, pre-motion, like your pre-snap motions to get him a running start to make it so you can't be physical with him on the line. But there's times that he doesn't do that, and they're just like, hey, look, there's a dude wide open in the middle of the field where it, it, it's one of the strength throws that Tua has. That's my point. We're not talking about the Dolphins yet. I'm, I'm going to go off on the Dolphins in a couple weeks. All of that being said, Bills are going to win this week. We're going 2-1 and one into the Miami showdown. Uh, I don't know who Miami plays this week. I don't care. Yes, I do. We're going to talk about it real quick. Who are the Dolphins are playing the Broncos? They're going to be three and zero. Son of a bitch. Why do the Why are the Broncos not good? Why are the Broncos the Broncos? Why are the Broncos Broncoing? Um, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, country, let's ride. <laughs> Broncos country, let's ride. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Hats, hats, and tats podcast, part of the BACBP <laughs> Radio Network. Check us out online, BACBP-Radio.com. Check us out on Facebook, Hats, Tats, and Sats podcast. Uh, Instagram and Twitter at HDS underscore pod. Like, follow, share, subscribe, tell your friends, and as always, go Bills. Go Bills. Hats, Tats, and Stats podcast is brought to you in part by Stinger Sports. Stinger Sports makes high-quality, fully sublimated uniforms and apparel that'll have your team looking as good as they play. Stop by their website, stingerwoodbats.com today, and get the professional gear you're looking for. And use promo code TIP of the CAP, all one word, for 10% off your order. Stinger Sports. Look great. Feel great. Play great.